This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Wednesday, February 28, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. A new online database lets people check all the money the state of Illinois has spent so far to address the migrant crisis. Illinois Comptroller Susanna Mendoza says she created the portal to keep the state accountable to residents. She says it was inspired by a similar database she made during the COVID-19 pandemic. Very similar to what we're going through right now with the asylum seekers in that this is a crisis that we're having to deal with. It's winter. Um, We have folks who we cannot let uh, starve to death or freeze to death. You can access the database at IllinoisComptroller.gov. Iowa labor union members rallied at the State House this week to urge the legislature to make Iowa's laws more favorable to unions and working people. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sostarik reports the wife of a murdered correctional officer says she'll keep fighting for safer working conditions. Sarah McFarland's husband, Robert, was a corrections officer who was murdered by inmates trying to escape from the Anamosa State Prison in March 2021. With a crowd of labor union members behind her, McFarland said her husband was a very proud union member and she promised him she wouldn't stop fighting until his fellow officers were safe at work. Today we stand here not just to mourn, but to also demand change and demand it now before one more family gets told the horrific, heartbreaking news that their husband, wife or loved one isn't coming home. McFarland says Iowa lawmakers should classify corrections officers as public safety workers. That would give them the right to negotiate safety conditions with the state. Other union members and advocates at Monday's rally called for improving workers' compensation and overturning the decades-old so-called right-to-work legislation. I'm Katerina Sestarek, IPR News. A bill that would raise the minimum salary for K-12 teachers was approved on a bipartisan vote in the Iowa House Appropriations Committee. Iowa Public Radio's Grant Gerlock reports. The House bill would raise the minimum salary for new teachers to $50,000. It would also budget funding to help schools reach a minimum wage for school support staff of $15 per hour. Representative Heather Matson, a Democrat from Ankeny, says staff such as paraeducators deserve credit for helping keep schools running. They truly do so much critical work in our districts and unfortunately, for any number of reasons, have been left behind in terms of salary and and pay. In the House, teacher pay is separate from a bill that makes changes to area education agencies, but in the Senate, it's all in one, just as it was in the governor's original bill. Representative Carter Nordman of Panora says the House is moving forward on teacher pay, but GOP leaders in the House and Senate will have to work out their differences to reach a final plan. I'm Grant Gerlach, IPR News. A proposal in the Illinois legislature would require any law enforcement agencies that are encrypting their police scanner transmissions to make their live activity available to the media. Democratic Representative LaShawn Ford is the bill's sponsor. He says the live information would allow people to inform authorities more quickly and effectively. We believe that anybody that's regulated by the FCC and licensed by the state we believe they, they are trustworthy and that they will report real-time crime and will not interfere with law enforcement, but will actually be a partner with the law enforcement to um, help catch criminals. Ford says this proposal would allow community members to help each other and create safer neighborhoods. 
The average age of farmers in the U.S. is rising, according to new numbers from the National Census of Agriculture. At the same time, however, the number of farms is decreasing. Harvest Public Media's Kate Grumke reports. The U.S. Department of Agriculture conducts a census of farmers every five years. This new one shows an aging farmer population and continued consolidation of farms. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says this census should be a wake-up call. It need not be that every five years we report fewer farms and less farmland. It doesn't have to be. The secretary called on policymakers in his department and in Congress to find new ways to support small farms. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Kate Grumke. In our feature for today, deer hunting requires some skill along with a bit of luck and a lot of patience. But the pastime is not as popular as it once was. Tri-State's Public Radio's Rich Egger spent a morning with a deer hunter in western Illinois to learn about the sport. Mike Folk and I are walking along the edge of a harvested farm field southeast of Macomb. Mike is a maintenance supervisor for Durham School Services, which operates buses for the Macomb School District. But we're not here to talk about school buses just after sunrise on this hazy, damp, and chilly early December day. We're in this open field to bag a deer. Duck hunting is my main passion, but we hadn't got a deer last year, so I wanted to focus on trying to get a deer this year. Why is getting a deer important? Um, the meat, we, it, you know, it will last us a year or so. So it's, it's, that's part's important. Plus, you know, it's a lot cheaper than having to go buy a beef at the, uh, the grocery store. We make our way to a hunting blind, which is like a small tent. The camouflage pattern on the blind's exterior helps it blend in with nearby shrubbery and trees. So we start the hunt by sitting. This is a game of patience. And it's a game Mike took up only about a dozen years ago. His first hunting experience came after he married Stephanie, who, full disclosure, is one of my co-workers. She's from a family of hunters, and Mike says the land we're on is owned by one of her uncles. Lucky enough, I married to a family that hunted, so I never hunted. We, uh, we had firearms. We was raised with firearms, but we weren't really hunters. I was... I was always target practicing or paper, you know, paper shooting. Mike has taken down around half a dozen deer here in the past. He shot his first deer in 2011, the first year he hunted. And all of a sudden, here comes this buck. He was a smaller buck, but he was, you know, he was my my first deer, and I, sh- I shot him, and he went immediately down. And I, and I think I was so excited, you know, that's kind of what got me hooked too. Plus, doing everything, you know, your adrenaline's pumping. It was just super exciting. In contrast, this has been a low-key morning. We pass the time looking through the blinds' windows while munching on snacks. Mike tells me about another time he was out in the blind. I actually was sitting here in the middle, and I kept hearing this noise outside the blind. And finally, here comes this chipmunk underneath, popped underneath, seeing me, then went running to the other side and went back out. So, Not much meat on a chipmunk, huh? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he was having fun, though. We're set up in an area deer like to pass through, but so far we have not seen any deer or chipmunks or much of anything. Then Mike spots a coyote. 
Yep, there's one over there. He's just past the tree line. You see where this thing that's kind of sticks up in the middle between these sets of trees here? He's on the other side of it, the coyote. He's just sitting there. He's out hunting too. We're out hunting, the coyote is out hunting, but overall, deer hunting is declining in popularity in Illinois. Numbers from the 2022 season show the state had roughly 122,000 firearm deer hunters. A decade ago, that number was 163,000. Dan Stevens hopes to help reverse that trend. He's program manager for the Illinois Learn to Hunt program. It's a collaboration between the Illinois Natural History Survey and the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. He says the program provides an educational pathway for people who are interested in hunting but don't have someone in their immediate family to teach them or just don't know how to get started. Stevens believes hunting is beginning to appeal to millennials who want to provide food for themselves and their families. Kind of taking grasp of the ownership of that harvest and not just relying on, you know, buying chicken nuggets from the market, but being a part of that, that local food system. Stevens says hunting helps manage the state's natural resources. He says every time you buy a hunting license, firearm, ammo, or archery equipment, some of that money goes to conservation programs. And a December 2021 report from the Sportsman's Alliance Foundation says hunting boosts the overall economy nationally. It says recreational hunting and target shooting in the U.S. generated more than $65 billion in combined retail sales in 2020. The report also says spending by hunters and shooters supported nearly 970,000 jobs and created more than $45 billion in wages and income. And for people like Mike Folk and Dan Stevens, hunting puts food on the table. Here is Stevens again. My wife and I made a decision about five or six years ago that we wanted to try to move away from, from factory farmed meat as, as much as reasonably we could. And so we have basically not had to buy beef since then. Steven says they now harvest two or three deer a year. But for Mike Folk, there are no deer to harvest on this day. The only deer we see the entire morning is a young doe crossing a country road as we drove out to the farm. And, well, the law does not allow hunters to pull over and start blasting away, even out in the country. We leave the blind and walk the field, trying to flush out any deer that might be hunkered down. But no such luck. Still, Mike considers it a morning well spent. Definitely peaceful. A little too quiet for what you would like today. Yeah, I would like a little bit more action, but that's just part of hunting. Sometimes you see them, sometimes you don't, but you got to be out there to get your chance. He says hunting is an opportunity to get away from screens and get back to the basics. I think if more people got out to go out in nature, they'd have happier lives. This was the sixth time Mike headed out during the deer hunting season and the sixth time he had no luck. Yet he remains optimistic. Yeah, there's always tomorrow. And so we pack up the gear in his white 1997 Jeep and head down the gravel driveway, back onto the road and into town, back into the world of screens and stores, and away from the time he enjoys out in nature, waiting for that next chance to put food on his family's table. Rich Egger reporting.
In the weather for our listing area for today, it should be sunny with a high in the low 30s and northwesterly winds at 15 to 25 miles an hour. For tonight, clear skies with a low in the low 20s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.